Hey everybody, what is going on? Welcome to another episode of Burke's Beat. I'm Danny Burke, your host. On Twitter, you can follow along at DannyBurke5. Still producing content left and right on all the other major sports on the website, which is BurkeSpeed.com. If you subscribe, you won't get spammed with a lot of things, folks. You're just going to get a notification when a new article is released. Been doing tons of NBA as of late, so make sure you get in tune with the website to get more of my content, analysis, and bets, just like you get here, but covering all the other major sports. And if you like and subscribe to the podcast, always very much appreciated. It helps you get notified when the episodes are released and, of course, helps me in growing this thing as big as I possibly can. So on today's episode, we are joined by James Salinas. Now, James is one of the most respected NFL bettors that I have come across. He is a super contest champion, which used to be the biggest football competition in the world. Now, Circa arguably is giving them a run for their money with the Circa Millions, but the Super Contest reigned as champions for being the biggest contest for quite some time. And heck, maybe they still are. Who knows? But it's them and Circa that have the two biggest contests. So in 2015, James, who will be joining the show, he was the champion of that contest. And not only did he succeed then, he has done tremendously well in a plethora of other years in the contest, finishing way further than top half, top 10s, top 20s, a lot of good stuff coming out of James in terms of his NFL betting over the past decade. It's always been a pleasure having him on the shows that I did in the past and, of course, having him here on Burke's Beat. So, yes, I will be having my conversation with him momentarily. You will get his thoughts and strategies for the Super Bowl between the Chiefs and the 49ers. Before we get into bringing on James, I wanted to kind of recap some things and tell you some additions that I have made to my portfolio for the Super Bowl. So when we first went over this game, if you forgot or you're unaware, whatever it may be, the first bet that I made revolved Isaiah Pacheco. I went over 68 and a half rushing yards with Isaiah Pacheco. Now this line, we've had two weeks to see these odds progress. It's bounced back and forth and, you know, beat myself up a little bit because the number did come down. It's come down to 66 and a half. So yes, I said I would bet it up to 70 and a half and naturally it went the opposite way so you're getting a better number if you had a little bit of patience which is still fine look the market's going all over the place I still feel good about our Pacheco position and if you haven't gotten invested yet again now that you're seeing 66 and a half of course I would recommend taking that now that you're getting a couple yards better than what I originally gave out and if you didn't get it you took it when I got it again I still feel confident in this position Now, later in the week, being last week, I was out of town, so wasn't able to record another episode, but I did produce an article for a prop that I made. And that other prop that I had also revolved sort of around Isaiah Pacheco, but it also included the 49ers running scheme. So this bet that I made was both teams to record a rushing touchdown. So it's both teams to record one plus rushing touchdown at the price of plus 130. That was being offered at DraftKings. I looked all around, and honestly, I I couldn't find it anywhere else. It was only DraftKings that I saw had that bet. So I did take it at the plus 130. The reasoning, well, I mean, you know my infatuation for Pacheco in this game, but he's recorded a rushing touchdown in each of the three postseason games. 
The 49ers gave up three rushing touchdowns to the Lions. We know this is a weaker part of their defense for San Francisco. They finished 26th in rush EPA, 24th in rush success rate throughout the course of the regular season. And over the last two games, which have been these playoff games against the Packers, against the Lions, they have surrendered 5.6 yards per carry. So I'd be shocked if the Chiefs don't include a lot of Isaiah Pacheco in general, but especially in the red zone. Now on the other side, Christian McCaffrey, well, why wouldn't you want to put some faith in this guy? He's arguably been the MVP of the league and the MVP of the San Francisco 49ers team. He has recorded two rushing touchdowns in each of the two playoff games so far. He has a total of 14 rushing touchdowns in 18 games this year. Now, the Chiefs' run defense, they finished the regular season 28th in rush EPA, 17th in DVOA run defense, 15th in rush success rate. Now, they've only given up two rushing touchdowns this postseason. Both came to Josh Allen, but the 49ers, as we know, are very comfortable relying on Christian McCaffrey, particularly in the red zone. So instead of betting both of these guys individually for an anytime touchdown, Pacheco's at best, what, minus 130? McCaffrey at best is over minus $2. I don't want to lay those steep prices so we combine them and then we get the plus money. And this also gives us a chance if it's not Christian McCaffrey, if it's not Isaiah Pacheco, it could be one of the receivers, could be one of the quarterbacks, could be a backup running back getting the rushing touchdown, and it would still count toward our bet. So I did a full breakdown on the website. You can see it there, but that's the TLDR of it. I also played both teams to record one-plus rushing touchdowns at the price of plus 130. And since that point, I've added one more play, and it does revolve aside. Now, if you listen to the first episode and just really my demeanor and how I've discussed these teams throughout the postseason and probably the whole year too, you've known me to be disregarding the Chiefs, to doubting the Chiefs. And we'll get into this conversation more so with James, but there's something about this Kansas City team clearly where they have flipped the switch come postseason time. And this is what happens when teams are great, right? Sometimes you just, you sail a little bit through the season and not sail in terms of it being easy, but sail in the sense of, eh, we're a little bit relaxed. We know we can turn it on when we need to, but not every single game is do or die like it is for a lot of teams. We see this in other sports, in championship runs, so many times. In football, it is different because it's one game a week, not as big of a sample size. But clearly, this idea can be attributed to what this Chiefs team is based on what we saw in the regular season and how we've seen them perform during these playoffs. So I'm looking at this game and I'm thinking about it more, listening to other people, diving through the stats and other angles. And as much as I've wanted to get on this San Francisco team, because you know that's what I've wanted to do when I've been betting against the Chiefs the last two games, I can't get myself to do it. And I know it seems like everybody is betting on Kansas City here. But the proof is in the pudding in the sense of why that is easy to make that to be the case. Now, a little bit is a hedge. Not a hedge, but just giving myself another opportunity to make some money from our bet on Christian McCaffrey Super Bowl MVP plus 650. We made that, what, two, three weeks ago now? So if the 49ers win, I do think it coincides with McCaffrey winning Super Bowl MVP, and we bet a unit to win 6.5 units. And you can get the Chiefs now either at plus money, plus 112, the best price at Circa, 
or you could take them plus two or plus two and a half for a little bit more juice out here in Illinois. So, yeah, a little bit of that factors into it, sure. But let's look at this game again from, from, from the entire scope of everything. San Francisco has not played as great as we have been accustomed to them being against strong defenses and just really good teams in general. At Cleveland, they lost 19-17, arguably the best defense throughout the regular season were the Browns. At Minnesota, whose defense was good, not great, but certainly improved. They lost 22-17. They lost against Cincinnati 31-17. Now, the Bengals had a horrendous defense, but Joe Burrow was playing in that game and had an awesome effort. And most notably, that loss against the Ravens. A battle for who was the best team in the NFL. Well, the Ravens beyond controlled that one, and they defeated the 49ers 33-19. Brock Purdy had, what, four interceptions in that game? No touchdowns? 18-32, 56% completion, 255 yards, 7.96 yards per attempt. 49ers scored just 12 points before Brock Purdy left the game. And in that matchup against Cleveland in Week 6, he was 12-27, 44% completion rate, a buck 25 in the air, 4.69 yards per attempt, one passing touchdown, one interception. Those were the only two top five pass defenses Purdy has faced this year. What is the strength of Kansas City outside of Patrick Mahomes? It's their pass defense. Third in dropback EPA. Third in success rate against the pass. Fourth in explosive pass rate allowed. Second in pressure rate this season. This secondary is incredible. This defense has come up big when the offense has been stagnant which has happened numerous times. In the postseason for San Francisco, you struggled against Green Bay, a below-average defense. Yes, you put up a handful of points, but your backs were against the wall. Your defense came up in the second half. Same thing happened against the Lions. A bad defense. Your defense didn't do good in the first half. They did great in the second half, and then you finally overcame Detroit's inept defense in half number two. The 49ers clearly, and as we knew going into it, are better than the Packers and better than the Lions. But you can't afford to do that against Patrick Mahomes and a great Kansas City defense. How many times is too many times for them to keep digging themselves out of a hole? And that's just me assuming that could be the case, but I don't think they're going to be able to against the Chiefs. And more importantly, we have just seen, even though small, a small sample size of Purdy and company not being as good as we pictured them being versus respectable opponents in solid defenses. And like I said when we first talked about this game, just saying it out loud is kind of insane. And look, I all the respect in the world to Purdy, love him as a quarterback. I do think he gets a lot of disrespect and he's better than a lot of the media and public perception portrays him as. But to say you're taking Purdy over Mahomes is a tough sell. Now, let's look at some of these advantages. Special teams, something we hadn't talked about. End of the season, DVOA, Kansas City 6th in DVOA special teams. San Francisco 25th advantage to the Chiefs. Who has the experience? Advantage to the Chiefs. Head coach advantage? I would argue it's a push. Both fantastic play callers. Maybe, maybe a slight nod to Andy Reid because he's gone, he's gone there. 
and he's won, and he's a little bit more aggressive when people would think you shouldn't be or wouldn't be, and that's been a benefit to them. We've seen Shanahan in the limelight kind of falter a little bit, kind of be conservative, and that's been an issue for him in the past. Defensive advantage, I would give it to Kansas City because of how they've performed against the pass. Kansas City allowing 4.8 yards per play this year, five flat over the last three games. San Fran allowing 5.1 yards per play this year and 5.3 over the last three games. Against the run, they're both a liability, right? Quarterback advantage, you know the answer to that. It's Mahomes. Offensive weapons advantage, San Francisco. And the metrics, DVOA, EPA, offensively speaking, points to San Francisco being the better team and the rightful favorite. And despite everybody coming in on Kansas City, this line has moved back up to two in favor of the 49ers. I wanted to get on San Francisco. I just couldn't find reasoning to do so from an objective standpoint. And I factor that in along with the impact of my bet with Christian McCaffrey, Super Bowl MVP plus 650, thinking and hoping that, all right, if the Chiefs do lose, then if the 49ers have success in this game, I think it's going to be a large part because of McCaffrey, who's already recorded four rushing touchdowns and been their best offensive player in the postseason and all year. But aside from that, I still just find myself liking Kansas City. So what I'm going to do here is take the points. In the money line, again, plus 112, the best price I saw in Circa. More often than not, especially in the Super Bowl, if it's under the key number of three, the team's going to win outright. It realistically isn't going to come down to it being a one-point difference. But it's it's something that I think, why not try to take the stab at that as opposed to the money line being, all right, what if the 49ers do win by one? And I could cash Kansas City catching the points and maybe McCaffrey with the MVP? That would be an outstanding result. So I'm going to give myself that opportunity, and I'm going to take the points here with Kansas City. Is my official position on a side for the Super Bowl. Now, like I mentioned, majority of books have it at plus two. Minus 110 is the VIG on the side. FanDuel is the lone book in Illinois right now that is actually dealing plus two and a half at an affordable price, relatively speaking. The plus two and a halfs are anywhere from minus 120 to minus 130. FanDuel has the Chiefs catching plus two and a half at minus 115. So I'm going to pay five cents extra for that hook and also hope if it doesn't hit that McCaffrey's there as our safety net. But again, taking that out of the equation, I still really like the Chiefs in this game. Didn't think I'd be getting there a week ago, two weeks ago, however long ago, but you got to adapt. You got to adjust just like the Kansas City Chiefs have come postseason time. And also, again, as I briefly mentioned, taking the two in the hook as opposed to the money line still allows me a potential opportunity, albeit slim, for the Chiefs to lose by one point or two points. They still cover the 49ers win and McCaffrey cashes our Super Bowl MVP ticket. Incredibly slim, I'm aware, but I'm allowing a little creak in the door open for that to come to fruition. So count me in for Kansas City plus two in the hook. And put me down for 2.30 units. Yes, risking more than I usually am. 2.30 units to win two on that wager. All right, enough of my additional bet. Let's get the one and only James Salinas' action 
for the upcoming Super Bowl matchup between the Chiefs and the 49ers right here on Burke's Beat. Okay, now welcoming on the program, it is our guy James Salinas at Rounding Again where you could follow him on Twitter. And if you're unfamiliar with James, well, everybody out there, this man is a 2015 Super Contest champion, has been in the top of the ranks for a bunch of contests out in Las Vegas over the past several years. Professional better, crushes it when it comes to handicapping the NFL, so you're going to want to listen to what this man has to say. James, appreciate you making some time as we are getting to the busiest betting day of the year. How are we feeling leading up into it, my friend? You know, I feel very good about where I'm at in my position and, and how I'm looking at it this game. I can think of, you know, of so many Super Bowls. I've been betting on Super Bowls since the 80s there, Danny. And there's plenty of Super Bowls that I've came up where I didn't even know which way I was going to go towards that latter part of the week. And sometimes didn't even make any bets until Sunday until I was finally convinced there was one side or the other that I liked. And sometimes I didn't even bet anything. And that's the beauty with live betting. But I think... Um, this Super Bowl in particular, I, I feel pretty solid with where my handicap is with it, uh, where these two teams are going to, how they're going to match up and some of the positions that I've put myself in currently and some of the things I'll be looking at uh, come this weekend because I will be actually traveling to Las Vegas for the Super Bowl. Oh, that's awesome, man. You're going to have a blast there. First-hand experience in Las Vegas to get all the action in on the Super Bowl. It's it's really incredible how the league has done a 180 on their stance of involving the NFL with Las Vegas. If you asked, what, five, six, seven, ten years ago, however long ago, if that would be a partnership, everybody would have scoffed at you. They would have laughed at you out the room. And now you have the NFL fully embracing it to not only a team in Vegas, but having the Super Bowl there. How the tides have turned, man. Wow. But speaking of Vegas, let me ask you about these opening lines and where it's trended toward. They're in Las Vegas. A lot of these books open this at about two and a half in favor of San Francisco. Total at 48. The initial movements all came flooded in on Kansas City, and that seemed to be expected. And then this line got down what? As far as like San Francisco minus one, and now you kind of see it level off back at minus two in favor of the 49ers. What was your initial thinking with these opening lines and how do you think it's going to end up closing the closer we get the kickoff? Yeah, that's uh, thinking about where it is currently, right? So there are two, I think there were, I think the Westgate went to two and a half. Mm-hmm. Yes. Was it yesterday? Was what's today? I'm getting lost with the days. I'm ready for this game to kick <laughs> Danny. Let's roll, man. I know it's Tuesday. Today is Tuesday, right? Um, I think as I think there's going to be some more public money coming in come weekend. Uh, Not that that's going to have a huge influence on the number, but I suspect you're going to see a flatter. Maybe it's two, maybe it's one and a half, but I think the money line will get a little flatter. uh, So you won't have these big liabilities when it comes to the Chiefs and getting a plus price at maybe plus 115, plus 110, which were out there earlier. I think that's probably going to drop some. Uh, As far as the total, typically we see those totals move up. And so I think as... When, when we get closer to game time and Sunday and all the public now is is getting a medicinal and getting their head straight from a fun Saturday night in Sin City and wanting to rush up to the counter and start firing before kickoff. Uh, a lot of times we know that the public money comes in on the over, and I think that's where we'll probably settle. I'm, I'm assuming the total will probably settle around 48. 
All right, James. Well, let's get into what positions you've taken for this game. So obviously Kansas City, I would say, compared to a lot of people's thoughts, have exceeded those expectations based on what we witnessed from them in the regular season. Seems like night and day from that squad in the regular season to what we've seen in the playoffs. And you could argue the same with San Francisco. I mean, this team, yes, they had their hurdles during the regular season. But ultimately, they seemed like the top squad, aside from Baltimore, who, when they eventually met, demolished San Francisco. Then we get to the postseason. San Francisco's coming from behind against two mediocre defenses. And now you're going up against who's probably going to go down as the go, Patrick Mahomes. How are you playing this game? Well, I'm on Kansas City, so I hit it at two. I missed the two and a half that evening. I probably was a little impulsive that night. I was feeling good because I had Kansas City, and then I had the over, um, separate bets. But I, I took Kansas City against Baltimore, and then I also had the over in the the Lion, in the NFC Championship game with the Lions in San Francisco. Eh, so we were having a good time that evening, and I probably was a little more impulsive than I typically would be. Uh, I had plenty in the account <laughs> to fire, so I was loving where the Chiefs were standing. So that's my position right now is Kansas City plus the two. Um, and my thinking here, so you, you kind of broke down the, you know, thinking about the expectations for San Francisco coming into the season, set Super Bowl or bust for that team. So they've, you know, like most teams, it's a long season, 17 game grind, and you're going to have your ups and downs. And San Francisco definitely had theirs like anybody else. But on the other side with Kansas City, you know, that's the hard part when you're talking about coming back to repeat uh, last year's Super Bowl champion. We know this is the fourth year or fourth Super Bowl in five seasons for Kansas City to, to make it back there. And that's typically not the case. A lot of times there's that Super Bowl hangover, uh, hangover from all the things that happened in the offseason and all the other, you know, the this non on field activities that happen that they're that you're going to have to uh, try to keep out of the distractions as far as the players and the coaches are concerned. Uh, but also for Kansas City, a 17-game grind of every team that you're playing. When you're the champion, everybody, you're the measuring stick. So every team that you're going to play mm -hmm. throughout that season, they're going to give you their best effort. Doesn't mean that Kansas City is going to be able to match that intensity week in and week out. And we saw that the first game against the Detroit Lions. But, you know, that's where sometimes these championship teams – they understand when the lights are on how to flip that switch. Most teams can't do that, but a team like Kansas City, we saw that happen in the playoffs and flip the switch. And I think this is something that has been sticking in their craw where it's been, hey, everybody's been doubting us. And, you know, there's nothing more dangerous in my mind than a, than a championship team that everybody is doubting. And that's a rallying cry for a team like Kansas City where they can have that collective – you know, you, you talk about motivation. Obviously, it's the Super Bowl. Danny, everybody's going to be the top high level play. Everybody's going to be motivated. You're not going to have to have rah rah speeches from your coaches or or from your leaders on your team. But I think from beyond the motivation, I think what happens is when you're that underdog and everybody is doubting you, that kind of narrows the collective focus for a team. And I think that's what we've seen out of Kansas City coming into the playoffs. Yeah, they had a very favorable position against Miami in that opening round in the, in the wild card mm -hmm. where it was super cold there in Kansas City. Miami comes in limping, all beat up, everything all the signs align for Kansas City in that game. But then the, the narrative then, Danny, was – 
oh, Kansas City hasn't had to play on the road in the playoffs during the Mahomes era. Here you go. They go into Buffalo, beat Buffalo. It's like, well, Buffalo was beat up too. Everybody's beat up, but Buffalo was beat up. How are they going to have that happen against Baltimore? And absolutely, they came ready to play. First drive scripted, go down. Kelsey puts a touchdown. They knew how to flip that switch, Danny. And I think that's something that for a team like San Francisco with the high expectations and then playing the first two games in the playoffs for, for the 49ers, uh, you know, they're having to play as the favorite and a big favorite, touchdown favorite in both of those games. Uh, we saw them struggle early under the bright lights of the expectations being a favorite at home. So that was kind of my breakdown of where I was going both going into the NFC Championship and the AFC Championship. My mind hasn't changed from where I'm at with Kansas City. Like I said, I was probably a little impulsive jumping on it right away and probably wanted to see where that line, I probably would have been better off seeing where that line might have sat. So I'm sitting at the plus two uh, for the game. Usually also, Danny, when I play the when I play a side, I don't typically play a total. So I don't suspect I'll be playing with the total come Sunday. All right, James Salinas going with the Kansas City Chiefs, ladies and gentlemen, and can't say I disagree with you there, James. I had been teetering back and forth on this game, and I'm going to end up being in on Kansas City as well. And man, I was high in the San Francisco team, and I was down in Kansas City after that first favorable matchup, as you uh, mentioned, James, against Miami. A lot of people loved that situation for them, myself included, yourself included, and it came to fruition. And then I doubted them against Buffalo and the Ravens, and I paid the repercussions for doing so. But you bring up a really valuable point. It's it's almost comparable to like these NBA teams that, like the Warriors back in the day, or these LeBron-led teams where they could kind of coast a little bit during the regular season. And it's different in football because it's one game a week, but it was similar to that mentality, I guess looking back at it now for Kansas City that yes we're obviously trying in all these games but that extra gear is going to be put forth once it comes to the postseason that's what it's appeared to be and you also brought up something that I thought was really good in saying that when you're doubting a championship team when they're in that underdog position it typically doesn't end well when you do that I feel like we saw that so many times in the Tom Brady era to where it just became that you had to back him almost because every time you wanted to doubt him or the public was rooting against him almost like you're seeing now uh you know a lot of people sick of the Chiefs being in the Super Bowl but they're there for a reason these are the greatest quarterbacks of our generation they have great coaches Andy Reid Bill Belichick maybe not the best skill set of players around them but enough to get by and that can be attributed to this Kansas City team James so I I'm with you and I could see the reasoning for backing Kansas City because of that I also want to ask you though too because I know you do such a great job of looking at the intricacies of both of these teams and kind of the nitty-gritty of what your casual viewer may not look at or recognize as much as you do what would be some other reasons for you siding with Kansas City in terms of the on the field stuff from scheming game plan advantages and disadvantages what also stood out to you to favor Kansas City well it's interesting we talk about the narrative and we know we're there's two weeks full of hype for the Super Bowl and you know players are not immune to it they are especially this day and age where everybody's on social media I think we saw Kadarius Tony the other day popping off I don't know where that kid he needs a Andy Reid really needs to go to him and say put your phone away get off the computer do not get on social media because he's created a little distraction for himself not so much the team 
But I, I think everybody's listening. Guys are listening. They're watching ESPN and everything else. And you're hearing this, the kind of the collective narrative after throughout the playoffs and now rolling into the Super Bowl. We know the strength of San Francisco is McCaffrey, a tremendous running back. And the strength of that offense is going to be rushing the football and all the talk about, well, look at how the Kansas City Chiefs run defense, how much it's how, how it's struggled so far through the playoffs. And collectively by the numbers, it has. But Looking at the teams that they've played, the running game was really based on those two quarterbacks. Think about Lamar Jackson as well as Josh Allen there in Buffalo. Those are the two best running quarterbacks we've got in the National Football League, and that's a difficult matchup. Anytime that you have such a threat when they're running these RPOs, and sometimes Josh Allen is the biggest guy out there on the on the field when he gets around that edge and running over the, the, the secondary defenders. I mean, those are tough matchups to have to get. And if you look through the numbers, and I was, I'm not a big numbers guy. I don't really follow a lot of stats. I definitely don't follow too many trends but looking at the numbers and kind of the breakdown of that rush defense for Kansas City through the playoffs of those three games uh, if you break it down and you separate the quarterbacks versus the running backs and the standard you know let's set up whether it was a, a 12 or, a th- or even sometimes 13 formations that they'll bring out three tight ends like the Ravens will do sort of some power football uh, collectively through the three games this season in the playoffs for the Chiefs, their run defense to running backs, to running plays through a running back, 3.6 yards per carry. It's been the quarterbacks that have inflated that defensive, uh, those stats or the, you know, the negative stats for the Kansas City run defense for the collective, for, for those quarterbacks rushing the football they're averaging 6.5 yards per carry. Two, I think, might have been the leading rusher for Miami in that game. Not that they really did much of anything. But, yeah, anytime you're going to go up against Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson, not only is it a difficult matchup to scheme against because they're so talented, but also they're creative and they're tremendous rushers. So I look at those numbers, and I think that's the one thing. We're talking about it. A lot of people have been talking about it for the last week and a half. You know who's listening to that? That Kansas City run defense. That front is steering this. I think they're going to have something to prove here. So I think there's, you know, when you talk about and you look at the overall numbers, I think you got to do a little more digging, and that's what I looked at. And they've been very – anytime you can hold those types of teams rushing the football – versus their running backs to 3.6 yards per carry in the playoffs, especially when you're having to do two of those games on the road, very difficult places to play in Buffalo as well as Baltimore. I don't think this run defense as is soft as what the narrative is putting out there. So I think that's a big piece when we're looking at matchups. That's the matchup I'm looking at was this run defense going to have a much, be much improved in this game against McCaffrey in San Francisco. Now, James, with that being said, looking into these specific matchups, I know you're not the biggest better when it comes to props, but it is a Super Bowl, and I feel people are more inclined to step out of their comfort zone. Have you done that at all with uh, maybe a couple props heading into the big game? Well, I will be. So I'm typically a uh, I'm a underdog and an under better. So I'm not one to really look at these look at props, and we know in the Super Bowl a lot of things get kind of. You know, they, they get mixed in because so many people want to bet the overs. They're betting over on McCaffrey and the, the passing yards and the receiving yards and all those kind of things. Rarely do you hear anybody about, yeah, I pounded the under here, pounded the under there. We know those numbers are, they open, or once they open, those numbers get hit pretty hard. And a lot of times later in the week, coming up this week, and in particular to the weekend, you're still going to see money hitting that over on a number of props. I'm going to be waiting. 
So some of the things I'm going to be waiting for, we just talked about McCaffrey. Uh, I'm going to be looking to wait right now. I've seen it. Yeah, let's let's just call it 90 and a half. It's right around there. It might have opened 87, 88 in certain places, but now it's hit the 90 threshold. And I think that might continue to go up because he's juiced at $1.30 on a couple books that I'm looking at. Uh, 30 cents juice to go over 90 and a half yards. We just discussed uh, my thinking about where Kansas City's run defense is. I don't think they're as soft as what we're talking about. We know Purdy is not going to bring that type of style rushing the football the way that they just went through and having to play against Baltimore and Buffalo for that Kansas City run defense. So it is going to be McCaffrey. We know he's going to get his fair share of touches, but that's the key to beating San Francisco. you got to lock him up. you got to hope to contain him. You're not going to stop him, but hope to contain him. So that's going to be one that I'm going to be looking at. But again, I'm going to be waiting until Sunday, see if this number continues to crawl up there. And then kind of correlated with that, Danny, is, you know, there's so many different matchups you could do. It's crazy how many, I mean, pages upon pages and and scroll upon scroll, get carpal tunnel, just kind of scroll through on my, on the computer here on the website, just trying to scroll through all these different props that are available. But I like to kind of correlate where I think I'm going to go with this game and the side that I like with how I think these matchups are going to go. And I've seen Pacheco as good as uh, really plus $2.00 to have the most rushing yards in the game. And if I'm thinking McCaffrey is going to be, uh, that's going to be a key for, for Kansas City's run defense to hold and contain McCaffrey. You know, we've seen Pacheco, and a lot of people talk about he runs angry. I don't really see him as much running angry as he does run hungry, right? He's a late-round draft pick, and he runs like, every time he touches the football, he looks like he knows this might be his last ever opportunity to rush the football in the NFL. So that's a couple of rushing uh, when we're talking about McCaffrey going under his yardage, but also the matchup between he and Pacheco, when you're getting plus almost $2 to lead the, the game in rushing. I like what Kansas City has done with him. They've really created some balance. We saw it a lot in the playoffs. He's such a tough runner inside the tackles, and I think that's one thing as far as the uh, San Francisco rush defense. We've talked plenty about the the lack thereof or what the kind of the, the thinking is of Kansas City and their their soft rush defense. I kind of kind of say you could kind of say the same for San Francisco on that side. I think Pacheco has a great game in this matchup, and I'll be looking to play him at a plus price somewhere around two dollars to have the most yards rushing. Love it. Yep. I'm invested in Pacheco over his rushing yards. So I'm hoping we get a big game out of him. And I, I think that's a great analogy and kind of saying how he runs, not angry, but that he's hungry. And you're right. I mean, maybe it's just he always has this mentality of a chip on his shoulder and that this handoff could be his last, and it's been working tremendously for him and the Chiefs throughout the course of this season, and especially throughout the playoffs, as we got James Salinas here on Burke's Beat. James, before we get you out of here, last question for you. What advice could you give to betters out there for pregame, and then maybe from a strategy of in-game, what would you say to them? Well, in-game, make sure you have – if you're – you know, if you're at home, it's one thing. You've got your you got your phone, you got your computers. A lot of times I sit on my computer. I've got two computers, I got multiple screens, and I don't sit back on the couch during game time. I'm sitting full right there at my laptop ready to look in-game. So yeah, have it locked and loaded and be ready to roll because we know those numbers fluctuate really quick. The other thing with in-game, um, I think the, the the disadvantage, right, is that the, the books are getting the feed a lot faster than what we actually end up seeing at home. 
So betting live, betting the game live as it's actually going, know that depending on what your service is, if you have direct TV, I got YouTube TV because I needed the NFL tickets since it switched over this past year. I real I I figure I'm 30 plus seconds behind what we're actually seeing. So uh, but in the Super Bowl, we know the timeouts are going to last longer. So you're going to have a better opportunity. You don't have to feel like, oh, man, I, I, I see that number changing. I got to punch that in right now while it's still live because we know we've got a, a lag in the feed. Uh, we are going to have a longer break in between timeouts just with all the commercials that go on. So be able to find your way right there and be ready to hit live if you're doing that. If you're hitting, trying to play live in Las Vegas, absolutely. I mean, you've got to have the app going. Even second half stuff, I would just advise getting getting the app at whatever uh, whatever casinos you're close to so that you're ready to do it in real time as opposed to trying to get to the window. Some guy, old school guys, still people like to go up to the counter. The, the public still likes to just do cash and go to the counter, but those lines can get incredibly long. So definitely get your get your apps ready to go, whether you're in Vegas or at home. And I think the other piece too is, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and lecture or try to school anybody about not betting beyond your means or anything like that. Honestly, Danny, I am not the I'm not going to profess to be the most disciplined sports better. Sports betting for me is competitive. I'm trying to beat the book. I'm trying to win some dough uh, and I don't like to lose. And there's times where I'll get competitive. I feel like I lost and I'll chase stuff. So I'm not going to sit here and tell people you're not trying to chase bets or anything like that. But think about the bankroll that you have. And, you know, Saturday is a huge board of college basketball. The last thing you want to do is bury yourself trying to bet on some 18-year-old to make two free throws leading up to the Super Bowl because you're excited. You want some action. Man, let me fire away <laughs> on Saturday and let's get some college hoops going because we got 24 hours to kill and that'll help kill some time. We'll get some drinks and have some fun. Uh, I'm staying away from that. So I usually abstain completely from betting anything throughout the whole week because I want my bankroll, whatever I'm willing to, to put out there. I don't want to have it. I don't want to start seeing some of that uh, – I don't, I don't want to lose my bankroll sitting on uh, teenagers to hit free throws and jump shots come Saturday. Oh, that is spectacular advice. Yes, especially for people out there in Las Vegas who are looking for time to kill, as you mentioned, and who just want to get in in some action because you feel you're there and you need to. Or for people who are downloading these new sportsbook apps and go, okay, well, let me get started right away with these promos. Let me invest right No, I mean, unless you're really comfortable with it, but don't just do it because they have it available to you. Save up for what you know, which is realistically more so with this Super Bowl matchup as opposed to, like you said, some random teenagers trying to knock down casual jumpers, which more often than not, they don't. And that's what makes college basketball so frustrating. But of course, that's a conversation for another time. James, you're the best, my man. Appreciate the time as always. Folks, remember you can follow him on Twitter at Rounding Again. James, I hope the Super Bowl bets treat you very well. Again, thank you. Look forward to chatting again soon. My pleasure, Danny. Good luck to you this weekend. Good luck to everybody. Let's go hit the books. Let's go bang those books on Sunday. And there you have it. That's a wrap on this episode and our conversation with a very respected sports better and a great guest, James Salinas. On Twitter, again, you can follow him at Rounding Again to get more of his content. One of the best in the biz. So very much appreciate his time. Appreciate all of you tuning into another episode of Burke's Beat. And again, if you like and subscribe, if you do that to the podcast here on Spotify, Apple, whatever it may be, or all the content on the website, very much appreciated as well. So in summation, we've got the Chiefs plus two and a half. That is the added play. 
along with the profit of both teams to record one-plus rushing touchdowns at plus 130. Talked about that last week on the website. And then from the episode earlier last week, we had Pacheco over 68.5 rushing yards. We will have one more podcast episode before the big game later this week. TBD on who will be the guest, but we are going to recap everything, finalize all our bets, and get you one last breakdown before we get into the weekend. So be on the lookout for that, folks. Thanks again for tuning in. Best of luck with your bets, and take care.